0: Um, before I go any farther, let's, let's pray. Heavenly <clears throat> Father, we, uh, we thank you for so much. Thank you for your presence. Just be able to worship you with people of like precious faith. And we thank you, God, for the, the, the good news we, we get from like uh, we are in our loved ones, be it my brother or be other situations as well. And Father, we just really pray, God, for your um, you speak today. And we, it's, we, want, we want those words that we sang today to, to really mean something deep down inside of us, not just be a nice, melodic song we like to sing, but it could be the theme of our hearts. And we need your help to do that. <laughs> we, we thank you, and we praise you, and give you this, this time here. Let us, we want to hear you. I want to hear you. <laughs> In Jesus' name, be said Amen. We we went to, um, some of you know, Pastor Dennis and Jennifer Christensen, pastors of a happy home church. <clears throat> been the pastor for like 38, 39 years there. And for, I don't know, maybe another 10 or so years, he was assistant pastor at Springdale. So he's been around a while. Wonderful big guy. He says his heart is as big as his body. Uh, maybe bigger. And uh um, and a faithful man of God who's continued in one place regardless of what they dished out to him. And believe me, he's had his share. We've all had our share. Wonderful man of God. His, his wife is just a jewel. Um, but sadly, his only son passed away um, about a week and a half ago. Uh, no. Um, his, his son, um, Caleb. Caleb passed away. Um, he a ruptured aorta and they didn't discover it and then they tried to surgery and he didn't he didn't make it so we went to the uh, memorial yesterday among other things we've been doing (laughs) and in the the old Christ the Redeemer Church is that old tan brick church building right there on the north side of the Maple Bridge Maple Street Bridge beautiful building just they don't make them like that anymore but even more so the place was packed and the joy was palpable you just there was sorrow but there was so much joy cuz this Caleb he loved jesus he loved people his life hadn't been easy cuz he was on his second marriage and that the the first one didn't end all that well and it, and 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 then she passed away because of liver liver disease, you know. And 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 they remarried. And I mean, he's he, he's been through the the ringer as well. He didn't have like this perfect life, even though his dad was a pastor and stuff. And um, if that's a ticket to a perfect life, <laughs> um, but he is he's he wasn't he's almost as big as his dad, and it seemed like he had the same heart and. What a wonderful thing um to know that he was prepared for that day. Amen. And and that's really kinda of, I wanna talk about being prepared. There's a lot of this preparedness stuff. This uh what's that name of that um the pre- that prep store used to be right there on uh Crawford? Bugging out. Bugging out, yeah. So bugging out is that that's is that a, a phrase for getting Preppers bugging out, so you could what? Bugging out, bug buggin out. So you could go. You see, like you got your go bag. Yes. That's and all your supplies to survive a nuclear holocaust or whatever. And and quite frankly, we we could laugh, but quite frankly, let's not fool ourselves. World War Three is on the doorstep, and our Those people who are pulling the levers of of government and making decisions are paving the way for that. Right? The foolishness that is going on, and I I do not hesitate to to say that. And I would say one thing. Jesus called Herod a fox. He called the, the Pharisees and the chief priests hypocrites, whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, and then even Mordecai when Haman... That snake of a guy, Haman, slithered his way into the number two spot in the nation. Mordecai knew what was in that guy, and he refused to bow like he was supposed to. And he was honored. And um, we need to not be afraid to call out uh, those who are out there. Um, And um, so I just, I'm sorry, I... Because I see children being sacrificed from the womb to kids being, little kids getting these COVID shots that are, that are messing up their minds and their bodies and killing them, um, and then, then the transgender things, all this stuff, that, and it's all being promoted by this group. So how would I get there? I don't know. But my God is bigger than any president or any Congress, amen. He's bigger than the UN, he's big, bigger than the wackos in the World Health Organization, he's bigger than the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab will bow his knee one day and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, not him, amen. And so, why are we here? And I and, and I want to get to our role as well as our, our stance and stuff. But, but first of all, uh, like was in the announcement, the National Day of Prayer is coming up on May 4th. May the 4th be with you. as would be the title of my message. Right. And I'm going to ask that all of us, and if you're anybody's watching, can we let the 4th be with us starting today? I mean the National Day of Prayer. What if we started... Preparing our hearts, our homes, even like we sang. Got to make room. What if we start making room for God today in anticipation? We are we're going to gather on May 4th. May 4th isn't just some like annual thing. We're just going to, oh, yeah, I, I make sure I, I get there in time. No, that I, I want us to start plowing the ground now for May 4th. How could the National Day of Prayer be different if we as a body Christ began to prepare our hearts ahead of time and came in that place, having dealt with our own personal sin, the things we need to clean up, admit the stuff, you know, reord- reordered things in our life as, we, as, as God would, would put his finger on, maybe, maybe, probably, maybe even reprioritize how, how we schedule the things we do and understand that we are here for him and nobody else. And like I said, it's not what we can get out of God, it's what God can get out of us. And if we could come to the National Day of Prayer in that way, I believe that's that would be powerful. I mean, how many of you... Okay, so let's see. Um, TJ, how did you... Was there anything you did between you woke up and you... You came here. Did you do anything else in between there? You you, so you got ready. What'd you do? So you got out of bed and you probably had to change your clothes. Maybe you had a sh- maybe you had a shower. Be nice if you were clean. <laughs> then <Right? laughs> you probably ate something. Ate on the, way. Ate on the well, but yeah, you had to get get this, get the stomach going and maybe maybe a little. Um, uh, what combed your hair? that you know? Brush your teeth. Right? you right. You, and you got the right clothes on. You didn't come here in 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 you know t-shirt, the and swimsuit, and flip-flops, because you're coming here for church. And and so there there were definite things you did and to 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 get here today, right? If you're going to go to work. You're going to do the same thing. You are going to prepare before you get there, right? Nobody's going to roll out of bed, hopefully, and just come show up. Now, frankly, if you're so late and you you just have to roll out of bed and throw on a coat and get here, and that's all you can do, come. For for sure. But in the natural, we prepare for everything, right? You You don't even... Start start for a job without learning some things and preparing even in that way. How much more important is it that we prepare for for these things in the Old Testament? There are numerous times, like for example, um, when um, God appeared was going to appear to the Israelites. There, Moses on the mountain, he asked the the, the Israelites to prepare themselves for several days. And uh, beforehand, um, and before they, Joshua led them from the, into the promised land. They, they took three days of preparation and just setting themselves apart and, and not engaging in certain things and not eating certain kind of foods. You know, and, and all, there's always this time of preparation, preparing our hearts. The whole idea about fasting is not so you could lose weight. But it's about you can just clean out even your, your, your physical body of the, uh, of the things that, that demand energy to digest this and process that. And you begin to do that. And your, your mind gets clearer, doesn't it, right? If you've times of fast, you understand your mind can actually get clearer and um, all these things and um, um, in every way to, to prepare ourselves uh, and, and what, what that looks like. Um, in Mark 11, uh, Jesus said this. It says that he was teaching and telling them that it's not isn't written, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. And, of course, they had made it into a den of robbers. They were selling all these things. And that's when Jesus was driving driving them out. And, um, and uh, this would be a house of prayer. That's why we've got... Um, 9 to 10 on Sunday morning is, is prayer. I would like to have some other small groups and kind of things, but we are going to have prayer here. Amen? Amen. Um, this coming Friday, that wasn't mentioned, I don't think. This coming Friday, we're, we are going to have prayer as well, especially those who are at the Discovery Week, in the, and not just in our church. But is it 6? Did we decide 6? Everything else is at 6.30. So everybody say, tell me, it's 6 o'clock. Say that. It's 6 o'clock. This Friday. Friday. Right. And uh, we're, we're we're gathering in the same in the same vein uh, as we as they did two weeks ago. I was in uh, Bellevue at the time, but Cindy and and a bunch of you and a number of others from other churches in this area gathered together um, to talk about what, what God was speaking to us about preparing the way for the Lord. This is this is what our job is, right? Really, ultimately, because who does the work? You don't do the work. I don't do the work. The Spirit of God does the work and changes the lives. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, not the gifts of Tim White. Right? And so he uses whoever he wants, but it's it's him. We just have to prepare the way. We have to remove the obstacles. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but you're probably glad about that. Maybe my sermon will be shorter today. Um. um but this whole idea that this would be a house of prayer. And so this Friday at 6 o'clock, probably till about 8 or so, but we're going to be uh, seeking the Lord like we did um, there at uh, Mosaic Church downtown, Spokane. Um, I was, Cindy and I were there for about the first three hours of a 12-hour prayer thing that, that Pastor uh, John Repsold and their church put on in the Spokane praise. Um, that we're here, we're seeking God to do his his, his work. Think about John the Baptist in Matthew 3, m- among other places. Um, it says, For it is, uh, speaking about John the Baptist, it says, For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. Uh, the fuller version in Isaiah 40, which that verse, says, In the wilderness prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for a God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh will see it to- all together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How about if we see that day? Amen? But it, it's aware, it's all about preparing the way for him to come. And as I've shared before, and I shared um, at um, during my time, it's just really been more of a, for me, more of a revelation to me that, you know, the LGBTQ alphabet community cannot keep the presence of God coming to his church, right? The leftists, progressives, the atheists, they, they cannot keep the Spirit of God, to come and revive his church. They they can't. They're over there. And so if he's not, if his powerful presence is not moving, if there's not a revival, then whose fault is it? Who Who has lacked the desire for God? It's only his church. And I'm not trying to be condemning and those things. God sees our hearts, he, he, and He is sovereign. He He has His own timing uh, and His own ways. And that's what makes Him God and not us. But i got to believe that, that there's so much distraction, there's so much... Things we're, we're having to deal with in this life and with other believers and with other people and, and maybe in our own hearts or lives. Or we get distracted. We're, 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 pur- we're pulled this way. We're, we're challenged this way. The things from the past start haunting you again, you know, I'm talking about. And, and trying, it's like you're, we're kind of like, uh, we, we use this term in the Discovery Week. We kind of become air traffic controllers with all the stuff going on in our hearts and our minds and people around us. And so it's not easy. It's not like it's... Just get right with God and be revived. What's your problem? Just remember when you say that, there's, you're doing this, there's three other fingers pointing right back at you, right? And, so what you, and I'm just so conscious. Anything I talk about, this is, oh, God, help me. Because I'm just as much a sheep as anybody else. As if I had to even t- say that. But it says... crying out in the wilderness <clears throat> excuse me that the voice is crying out in the wilderness maybe that could really illustrate where we are as a as a society as a culture we're in a wilderness there's all kinds of Disturbing things going out there. What's those the noise in the night? The the predators that are out there, you know, in the wilderness. Those kind of things Um, would suggest that really that that uh, we are a a nation in a real desperate condition. Would you agree? And it says to prepare the ways that there there are there are obstacles in the way that need to be removed. We we've got to do something that will will clear the way that... that He talks about the valleys being lifted up. And the valleys, I don't know, any any kind of... The valley could be a metaphor for any number of things. It could be depression. It could be um, darkness because you're down in the valley. You might, you know, this valley of shadow of death, those kind of things. Or the mountains could be anything from from your own pride and you can't get around yourself. (laughs) That's some people so focused on themselves that they are their own mountain. Or it could be other things and we need to get around those. The uneven ground, the rough places, and all these kind of things. But he promises us that in this effort that we would be about the way of preparing our way, the way for the Lord, for Him to come in power, that says at the end of that verse, He says, Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Amen? And that's what I'm saying, that the, we can recognize that when... I mean, there's, there's plenty of stories, plenty of examples of how God has moved in, in response to His people, like I shared at the beginning of worship, that... That as the enemy might try to come in as a flood, he raised up a standard against it. And all of a sudden that which was intended to be destroyed actually becomes to new life. Think about all the stories of people maybe uh who've um I'm just thinking of one in particular, um what's that show that um uh, Walsh, John John Walsh? You know, um uh you know America's Most Wanted, thank you very much. And that show, because they want these unsolved crimes, right? These murders. And they got the word out, and I don't know how many, dozens, at least maybe hundreds of, of, uh, of, of cases were solved. But that would never have happened if John Walsh's little boy, Adam, had not been taken and brutally killed and left in a gutter, in you know, a side. Yeah, the point is, what the devil meant for evil. Okay, you took one. I'm going We're gonna save hundreds, thousands, right? You could go over and over again. Something happens in somebody's life. Some tragedy, tragedy happens. Whether the devil did it or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's tragedy. And the devil would like to use anything negative to make you not trust God and, and, and go the wrong way. All right? The, the devil gets way too much credit for the bad things going on around here, and God gets way too much blame for, the, for, for, for not doing what he should have done, some people want to say. But time after time, you'll find uh, that, they, that in, the, in the long run, the very thing um, that the enemy thought he won at, I raised up those who went to deliver countless times more. Um, and um, so many examples. I, but, um, and so the point is that in spite of what we see going on out there right now, that our God is able to do abundantly, what's the word? Uh, More. Exceedingly, Exceedingly, that's the word I miss. Exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ask or imagine. What are you asking for? All right, just multiply that multiple times, and that's what God can do. And so if we get consumed with that kind of God, as we prepare the way for the Lord for Him to come... Do you think you have a little expectancy? Right? Because we've gotta, we, we got to be careful we don't get consumed by the d- discouragement. I mean, there's some wicked things. It makes, and it, makes me, it should make you mad. There, Jesus had a righteous indignation. It wasn't about what they did to him. It was what they were doing to his father's house. And I think, I think he would have the same kind of anger as he did towards his disciples when they told those, little, those moms with those little kids, told them to go away. Even in that, Jesus harshly rebuked them for that. Can you imagine what he would say to those who are trying to mutilate the child's bodies and, and uh, chemically castrate them through the, 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 this gender thing, among other things? There is a place for a, for a righteous indig- indignation. There, there, there is a proper kind of anger. Uh, it, where is it in? The, is it Psalms or is it Colossians? In your anger, do not sin. He didn't say don't get angry. Just don't, get, don't sin. You, we need to be upset with these things. And I want to talk about, get into that a little bit more. But, but the, the glory of the Lord w- would come. Amen? Um <clears throat> as a house of prayer, we're calling upon God to come and do what only He can do. Amen. And um can I just do a little quick short teaching thing? And then I want to talk about a few examples and then we'll then we're gonna pray and believe God. And and I, I want us to pray for any need this morning. I don't know how long it's been. Uh, and we're going to believe God to, to to do whatever he can do, which is more than we could ask or imagine, right? Um, we need to understand who we are. There's there's a real teaching out there that we are kings and priests, and we are not kings. I'm going to tell you right We are. There's only one king. <laughs> His name is Jesus, right? And if you look in your Bible real quick, I want... <clears> this <throat> very important because there are... Uh, strategy, prayer strategy has been out there for for probably the last twenty five thirty years, and thinking that somehow if we just pray just with these particular words, then we got we 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 have a special access to God and those kind of things. And if, forget what 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 it says in Romans eight twenty six. You don't even know how to pray. <laughs> the Holy Spirit intercedes with you to pray. So. But some of these think, well, I've got this strategy this, and this idea that I'm a king and a priest. Look at... Uh, I should tell you where to turn, right? So maybe want me to try Exodus 19. All right? Exodus 19, verse 5 and 6. I just want to hit this and then I want to talk about how we should pray. But it's important... Um, to understand our position because there's been some kind of positional arrogance, I guess you could say. Those who kind of uh forget to be understand the, the humble position we really are in, um and, and the role we are, it's not about us. Exodus nineteen, five and six. Now this is what God's intent for the nation of Israel. And you know that the nation of Israel is a picture of what the church is today, right? I'm not saying Israel does not have a purpose, not at all. I'm not saying... I say that covenant continues. But even in Romans um, uh, and other places, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear that those who have the faith of Abraham are the true spiritual Israel, right? And the church in the world is like the tribe of Levi in the nation and family of Israel. Levi were the priests, right? They were dedicated as the... They did the ministry... They were the ones between God and the rest of the people, right? Israel, now look at what it says about Israel. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They... We are a a kingdom of priests, right? We're not kings and priests. He's the king, right? He doesn't need any help. Um, So if you then would look at 1 Peter 2, keep your finger there so you can look back at it. Look at 1 Peter 2. Likewise, verse 9, 1 Peter 2, verse 9, a second there. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people. Now, look at look at that. That Greek word means race. The same idea of like a, a, a kingdom in the sense. You are a, a specific... We talked to your peculiar people too, right? But you are a chosen people. That as we become uh, children of God, we become, in, in a spiritual sense, a, a, a specific chosen race. What are we chosen for? As a royal priesthood, right? A royal priesthood, meaning we are the king's priest. That's what makes us royal, right? We're not the presidential priests. We're not the priests that serve the at, at behest of the, the request of the president, but of the king. The right. So we are a royal priesthood. And then he says, a holy nation. Again, the same idea: a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see a connection with Exodus 19? You could practically lay them over one over the other. Same thing. It's the same idea. That that God through Israel first chose Adam out of all the other people of the world and made a nation out of him to make him, to make them chosen, but not so they could, they just have like God to themselves, but they were to be a light to the Gentiles. Right? In the same sense, now we as the church are that. Um, uh, and then Revelation, look at Revelation chapter 1, verse the last second part of verse 5 and verse 6. Revelation 1. Remember context. The three rules to uh, Bible interpretation, context, context, and context. The Bible is very good at, dis- at interpreting itself, if we let it, right? And, uh, and what I'm telling you right now goes right against some really bi- guys, much bigger names than me, and, and really wonderful men of God. But they, they, I'm not trying to di- put it. You don't cut everybody off, uh, one person off. Because maybe in one teaching, they're not quite right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think we all are going to say, when we stand before heaven, before Jesus, like, oh, I was wrong there? (laughs) They were right, you know. So we need to be humble in our understanding of Scripture. Amen? Amen. But where it's clear, we need to be clear. Right? It says, to him who loves us and who has freed us uh, uh, from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom... Priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He's made us a kingdom. Now the King James translates that uh, king, but it's not. It's a different Greek word for king. That is the Greek word for kingdom, uh, for a, a reigning of a of that. Uh, you, you could do it yourself. Look at the word for that's the noun king, and it's a different Greek word there. So um, it's it's. It's improperly uh, translated, and whatever translation puts the word king there, um, it is kingdom, which is, which is consistent with Exodus with, and with First Peter, and there's other places we could look as well. But. So he's made us a kingdom, not kings, and priests to, to his God and, uh, <clears throat> and our Father. We represent him, amen? And so we understand that this is our role, this is who we are. We are the priests of God to the world, amen? And again, I've said this before, but we have two positions. One is like this, where we are calling upon God, right? And we are interceding for those around us. And then the other position is we are this way. We are bringing the light and the truth of the gospel to those around us, right? That's our role. As simple as that is one to God on behalf of, uh, of others, and then to others on the behalf of the message of the gospel. Amen? Amen. And real quick, um, <clears throat> I won't turn to them just for time's sake, um, because in America we care about the time, unlike other countries, um, who would go for four hours, um, five hours, six hours. But um, just for your reference, if you want to look there, it's fine. Matthew, well, I think I will turn to Matthew 15. Let's talk about the Canaanite woman. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 21. And I want us to catch a heart. There's a reason I believe we we don't necessarily pray the impassioned prayers. I believe we need to pray. Now, I'll say, first of all, volume has nothing to do with anointing. Um, Anybody can scream. Anybody can put on a show and there's some who do a real good job. But there's something about a hard attitude I want us to get from 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 a few of these quick stories um and then we're going to pray. It says leaving that place <clears throat> Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, "Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly." from demon possession. It's interesting though, Jesus goes to, it's an area of Phoenicia. This is north of, <clears throat> north be northwest, I think, of, of the Galilee. This is where the remnants of the Canaanites who'd been chased out by the Israelites centuries before, probably about 1,500 years before, um, had gone up there. And um, this was also the, <clears throat> Sidon is where Jezebel was from, the most wicked, corrupt uh, uh, queen uh, who ruled alongside of the, the, the most despicable, limp-wristed, no name, no backbone Ahab. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Whatever you want, dear. I want what I want. And I'm not going to cry if I don't get it. That was Ahab. But it's also the same place where God sent Elijah during the, the the no rain period, after the brook dried up where he was at, up to the widow, Zarephath, up there in, in the area of Sidon, um, and took care of that. It's interesting that he went up there. That's not Is, Israelite territory necessarily. Just like, why did he go through Samaria? Well, we know why he had an appointment. So he goes up there, and this Canaanite woman... Now, she's a woman, of course, in a very patriarchal um, culture of the day. Uh, but a Canaanite, and she comes and says, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. What, is she, what she is saying is that she is declaring that, number one, that he recognize he's the Messiah, a Canaanite woman. The guys who had read the, the Torah and had all the scriptures, they couldn't figure out who Jesus was, but she had. She could. And by saying son of David, she is declaring that, that Israel, at the, 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 the line of David, are, are the, the true um, possessors of the land. They have the, the right to rule the land. It, although she's a Canaanite, she's saying, so she, she's recognizing this. And she says, my daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. And Jesus didn't answer a word. Have you ever had a prayer like that? I believe these are in here for us to learn these kind of things, right? So the disciples came to him and notice they were would you send her away? Can you I could just see it. Send her away. She's she's annoying. This is like come on. I, she keeps crying out. It's really embarrassing, you know. But but passion does something. When you have a passion for something, you know what? You you care less and less about what others think. And she was on a mission. And Jesus says uh, to his disciples, well, I was I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. And some people that, that sounds really like, what? If you understand that the the how Jesus came. Uh, first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles, meaning that, that, that the covenant was to the to Abraham and for the Gentiles, but the the testimony had to be brought to the to Israel first because that 's where the covenant was. They were the covenant keepers jesus wasn 't wasn 't being some kind of racist guy it, it was it was a proper order, but clearly uh, you find that, that this was for the, to be a light to the Gentiles. But, but it's, it's, like, it's like at the beginning of his ministry when his mom said, hey, they ran out of wine. It's just not my time yet. Actually, says, woman. But he wasn't being insulting uh, and, and these kind of things. And so what, what does this woman do? Does she give up and go away and all mad at God? She comes up, gets right in his face, falls on her knees and says, help me. That's it. it. And And then Jesus, I mean, this is hard to hear. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. That's, ouch. You know, have things happen in your life when you ask God for one thing and they turn out a different way? And it would seem like God is like not being nice to you. I don't know. And was Jesus just testing her? Maybe. But she was undeterred. She didn't take the bait of offense or whatever it might be. And that's a real lesson for all of us. Amen? Amen. Especially towards one another. That's really, you know, that's the boy if Satan can get you being mad at me or bad at Pastor Ross or our wives or or certain people here or there. Oh, man, he won. He wins. Because it's never based on truth. You know? She didn't take the bait. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She said, I'll take anything. It's like that woman in the crowd as Jesus was with Jairus trying to get to the house because his daughter was dying. And that woman in the crowd said, I've been... This, I've had this condition for 12 years and the doctors have made me worse. But if I just touch, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I don't need any fanfare. I don't need even to know. If I could just get my way and touch the hem of the, his garment, that's all I care about. And I'll be healed. And she was. There is a desperation with with a level of of proper humility that that, that goes after God but doesn't care about anything else, doesn't care about what it looks like to others. I'm just going after God until I get my answer. And Jesus says, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed that very hour. There's something about passion and being convinced that that Jesus is your only answer that that changes how we pray. And I I, I dare say that we don't truly grasp how great is our God and how how capable he is in turning the tables we see around us uh, as as determined by the sparse turnout when you have prayer meetings. Now, I know the people have schedules and, and things don't always work, but but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, Jesus talked about the, the parable in Luke 18, the parable of the persistent widow and the unrighteous judge, right? She she was being, um, someone was trying to take her land and she didn't have any recourse, so she went to the judge, he's the only one who could help her, and he didn't care about her, he kept pushing, I don't care about you, I don't care about God, I don't care about anybody. And, but she just kept persisting and coming after him. Give me, give me uh, justice. And finally, he said, "I'm gonna. Not only am I gonna give her justice, I'm gonna give her everything she wants and probably more because I don't want her ever bugging me again, right?" And Jesus said, "If he would answer her in such a way, how much more would your father, who loves you, answer you?" And he says to those who. Pursue him day and night. I mean, there, there's those who are in pursuit. One of my favorite blind beggars, <laughs> if you could have one, <laughs> Bartimaeus in one gospel outside of Jericho. Jesus is actually on his way to Jerusalem, comes through Jericho. And, and this is an area where there were probably a number of, uh, quite a number of beggars there. It was a main thoroughfare uh, coming into Jericho. And they all had their blank, their, their their authorized Roman garment that said that they had a right to be there, um, and uh, um, he hears this commotion come, going by. He says, Who, what's? He, he's blind, you know, so he says, "Grab somebody's robe." What's going on here? He said, "Jesus is passing by." Jesus is passing by, and it's interesting that he's the only one on the side of that road who cried out for him. Because he wouldn't have been the only one that had some kind of physical problem. And you know what he did. He started crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, the proper people in the crowd, please sit down. He doesn't have time for you. You don't smell that well and you certainly don't look great. Could you comb your hair and uh, try to push him off and, and what did he do? He shouted all the louder, right? And said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and then Jesus stopped. I, I, I imagine Jesus heard him the first time. But then he stopped and said, bring him to me. And then the others in the crowd just tried to, oh, he wants to see you. I don't know if the same people changed their tune. You know, you have those sycophants that are out there. That, Anyways. And he comes, and Jesus says, "Of all things, what do you want me to do for you?" He, he didn't say, "I want to feel better." So I want, I want to see, and Jesus opened his eyes. We're going to be having, like I said, this Friday prayer meeting. I'm asking all of us to to ask the Lord how to prepare ourselves the way of the Lord, this is another great source to kind of help in the area of preparing our, our hearts and, and dealing with the various sins of thought, sins of attitude, sins of um, motivation, and those kind of things that are in there to help you personally deal with that. But I want to say that, that prayer meetings are not an end in themselves. We don't count it victorious because we had a prayer meeting we want God to answer that's that's why we have to pray now i i, I confess there's been times we had a prayer meeting and a lot of people there had a great time and oh we had a good prayer meeting as if that was all we needed what about the answers god break through god come here and that's that's why we're we praying. And I, I share these examples, especially like the, the Canaanite woman. Think about Jairus um, uh, going through the crowd there, trying to get Jesus because his daughters, 12-year-old daughter dying. Isn't it true when it's someone you really love, you will pray different? Right? The, nobody has to wind anything up for you. Nobody has to try and encourage you. You have a natural thing. When our son, in fact, just play for Jeremy. He's just got to have some tests, kind of concerned about things. When I pray for Jeremy, nobody needs to help me. Because that's my son. That's my oldest son. He's been through the ringer already. God's doing some great things. How about you? You've got someone in your family. Just who is it? You don't have to tell me. I'm just, right? If what if we prayed for our community that way? It requires that we love our community that way. It, we need to love our state that way. We need to love our nation that way. Because when we truly love it, that's why we need to know it. We need to know what's going on out there. How, how can you diagnose the problem that's, 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 that's literally dismantling this nation on steroids? It's just destroying children's lives and so much more. God, give us a love for my nation. Lord, give me a love for this this region. Give me a love for the community I live. Give me a love for these people around here. When you start really loving them, when we start loving them, we're, our prayers are going to be, even more impassioned. We won't have to try and beg and make sure we get the announcement out 25 times so we can get a few people to come to pray. And that's not necessarily what happens here, although that is our smallest gathering, is prayer time. We're no different. And I recognize not everybody can be here. You've got schedules, there's work, and I, I'm not trying to lay some guilt trip down. I'm just saying that, they, that there's there's a degree to which we need God to give us a love for those around us so that we might be able to intercede for them in ways that only someone who loves them could. And that will, will cause us to persevere in that and that... Just having prayed will not be an end in itself. We will pray until we get an answer. As it says in Hosea chapter 10, it's time to seek the Lord until he comes. Amen? But with this, this confidence that this Canaanite woman, she didn't probably wasn't much of a Bible scholar, but she knew one thing, he's the Messiah, and he can, he can heal my daughter. And so on and so forth. Jesus is is Lord. He is our Savior. He doesn't even find any pleasure in the death of the wicked, as it says in Ezekiel a number of places. But that they would be saved, he doesn't want anyone to be perished, but everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the God we serve, Amen. And so we we can pray with that kind of that kind of confidence in in first. John, it says, when we pray according to His will, we know He hears us. Well, well, when we're asking for God to move with revival in His church, transforming kind of power, we are absolutely praying according to His will. And so we can petition Him, if even, like the Canaanite woman, and we're not, there's no Reinhardt, Bonky here, wonderful preacher, evangelist, but God even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their table. Would you come here to Deer Park? Yes. Would you come right here to this this inland northwest region because we desperately need you, and our friends, our neighbors, some we don't know yet, but they are they are being they're, they're lost some are sick and they need healing. And God would you would you move in us and I the last when we stand can we stand? 2 Chronicles 16:9 first half of that verse. We need to do a study on the kings, don't we, I think? Um but that verse says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. The God right now is looking around the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are, are fully committed to Him. How does that change how you might think about what God's doing right now? He's looking for them. May. The songs we said, the prayers we prayed begin to be real, genuine, authentic prayers of our hearts that He then might find those here who are fully committed to Him, that He will strengthen you. He will fill us. He will demonstrate and manifest His power among us um, so that all people will know that there is a God, He is real, and He is among His people. Amen. And when that happens, we don't need to worry about any kind of church growth campaign or those kinds of things. We just want Jesus to show up in power, and, and people, when they hear that he's, he's coming, they'll find the place where he's at. And all that God is asking of, of you and I, that we would prepare the way. We'd be willing to pray, return to holiness, the proper biblical holiness, a proper surrender to him, laying down our attitudes, our, our thoughts, our behaviors. Our motivations, these kind of things. and said, God, it has to be, help me to make it really about you and your kingdom and not about me. And as that begins to develop, God it will be pleased to dwell with that kind of people. Amen? He is pleased, although he dwells in a high and lofty place, Isaiah 59. He also dwells with the broken, the contrite heart. He will not despise. Amen? So I want, just real quick, we just thank Him for who He is, how great He is right now. Can we just, take, just go ahead, let's just make a concert of, just, of praise right now. We just thank You, God. We just reaffirm who You are in our hearts and minds. We tell our soul, our spirit, we tell our, our, us, God, that, that, that You are God and there is no other, Lord. We thank you. You're worthy of our lives. You are worthy of everything about us, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. You're more than able. You're more than able, Lord Jesus. You're more than able, God. And we serve you. We come to serve with all of our hearts, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We want to prepare the way. We just open ourselves. Just tell them right now. Lord, I just want to open my heart to you. Just even right now. Before, before we go, I just, just anything you need to point out to me. Anything that's uh, in the air of preparing the way. God, what, what are you asking of me? What do you want of me? I want to make room. I'm making room for you. Plenty of room. We just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to drag anything. I just, but I do want to give us a chance. If you would like us to stand in prayer for you, I want to, I want to do that. Uh, Just again, I'm not going to try to make some big long thing. God doesn't need a big long 12 hour prayer to heal somebody's body, right? Or, Or to work in your situation, but I think it's important that we would step out from where we are and maybe stand up here. Just a declaration, just like the Canaanite woman did. Got in front of Jesus. Here I am. <laughs> deliver, my, deliver my daughter. Right? Vienna shared with me uh, just her brother Shane and, her, uh, her, uh, and his, his, his uh, son Shane. They really need God to move in their hearts and lives. Amen. Do you have something like that? You have something in your body? Um I just want to invite you to come just come forward. And we're we're gonna just we're gonna to believe together. Well and you come forward first and then after though you come up, then just invite others to just come stand behind. We're gonna believe God is able to do these things, amen? This is a, going to give him a, the opportunity to, 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 to show his power among us. Amen? Amen. Now, I would like some others to come and stand behind these. And let's, let's pray um, and begin to believe God to, to, to heal and to touch right now in Jesus' name. If, can you come on? some? You're back there. You want to come and just stand with one of these? And just let's just turn this into a, a prayer room right now, can you? Can you just join us real quick? <clears throat> I think the kids could pray, too. That'd be, that'd be awesome. God, would you just move with power, Lord, here in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just come to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You're more than enough, God. You're more than enough, Lord Jesus. No matter what the doctors say, no matter what even age says. In Jesus' name. You just reverse it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And do your work, Lord. Do it, Lord Jesus. Lord, you, you live outside of time, and so the chronic things are only within a time uh, world. Lord, in Jesus' name, we're asking God for for just deliverance for Darcy. In Jesus' name, to, for healing.